0: Hello, horror fans. Welcome back to Selling the Scream. I'm Jed Donaldson, one of your hosts uh, with me today. As always, is my co-host, Josh the Dumpster Yoakum. How are you doing today, Josh?
1: You know what? It, maybe for the first time since you've been doing these nicknames,
0: nailed it. Just got it in one. Yeah. I feel like the, <laughs> the, the nickname is really appropriate, given my feelings for you this week.
1: Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I did... Um... I did play a mean trick on you. Maybe this is uh <laughs> this this is appropriate. This was this was coming, but yeah, I, you know, I've been running up the score so much that I figured it was time to um, you know, send send in some of the that scrappy felon that I picked up that nobody else wanted, and see see how he does. So.
0: <laughs> well, we don't want to we don't want to give anything away, as we had a whole show to go through before oh. we find out whether or not uh, you won or lost this week. Um, so let's not spoil things at the top.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, um, well, I, I, I say that, but, um, you know, we, we, we have established on prior episodes, kind of how you feel about things that work in this space. And we also did pulse before a Japanese movie about loneliness. And I, I we, we know how you felt about that one. So this was a, <laughs> this was a, a low stakes. <laughs> That's
0: fair. People. I mean, you got, you got to shoot your shot though. You, you have some things to say about this movie. Um, yeah. And I had never seen it before. Uh, we're talking about uh, The Audition, the Japanese film from what, 1999?
1: 1999, yeah,
0: just just Audition. Audition, Nah, no, not The Audition. Fine, 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 it's Audition. <laughs> um, this is one that you uh, have been, as you put it, threatening me with for yes. quite some time now. Yes. Um, and I, I guess as we talk about it a little bit more, we'll find out how much of a threat that actually was. Uh, yeah. but before we get into it, uh, let's see how, uh, how, life, how's life treating you? Has anything been going on since the last time we talked? Um, you know,
1: so, sort of, um, still in the, the PTSD stage of a, of a <laughs> administration change in the U.S. and kind of like twitching through that,
0: but, um. Coming to grips with being free from the abusive boyfriend?
1: <laughs> who's been gaslighting me? Um. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, other than that, just, you know, kind of same old, same old, that living that COVID life, hanging out with, with the boy, playing some, some video games, watching some movies and stuff. So, yeah, just, um, nothing too super crazy exciting was, uh, you know, he, like, he just beat his first, uh, game on him, on his own, Knack 2 for PlayStation. So that was, he's very proud of that.
0: Just Knack 2, like, that's, that's a strange one to just pick up and, and go with.
1: <laughs> yeah, he just he watches. He he gets led to places on YouTube, and what he becomes obsessed with is anybody's guess. But I don't know. I was I was fucking obsessed with like presidential history and like 30 year old comic strips when I was a kid. So I, who am I to talk about?
0: Oh sure, yeah, Being we all had we all had some wild uh <laughs> wild things we were attracted to when we were that age, like. <laughs> The stuff that would be absolutely ludicrous to think of now, like, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I was watching stand up comedy, stand up comedy and uh, sketch shows from the time I was like seven. <laughs> I didn't understand half the shit they were talking about, but I thought it was cool.
1: <laughs> that Walter Mondale sure is a loser. I, yeah. I don't know who that is, but
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. The, they're making all these references of pop culture and, and, and pop, you know, people that I don't have any frame of reference for. I didn't know who they were talking about. Didn't know what the joke was, but people were laughing and so was I. <laughs> I, I like being around laughter. It makes me yeah.
1: laugh. Yeah. Um, so what have you, have you been? How have you been up to?
0: I, I, same, same. I mean, I can't, I feel, I feel bad every time we do this little segment here, we talk about what's been going on because right now nothing's going on. Yeah. But the fact that nothing's going on and has been going on for such a long time now really is, it's crystallized in my mind the the concept that this is not any different from what it was like for me before COVID.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was always a bit indoorsy, but right. you know, still there usually be something like, Oh, I was, at the store and saw this and not i was at the store and looking straight down and trying to avoid contact with anyone and and (laughs) shrieking when they got too close
0: (laughs) with my with my measuring tape out at all times six feet extended (laughs) uh, so yeah i mean i still still home with the kids still doing the school thing um i don't even really have anything exciting to talk about in terms of things I've watched your things I've played uh, so yeah this is a real dud sorry <laughs> it's,
1: right. it's 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 what we've come to promise our audience in this in this uh, the segment that I'm sure is just the scroll 15 scroll 15 scroll 15 Yeah. <laughs> start That's talking what, about
0: the movie please the <laughs> so selling selling the stream promise uh, you will absolutely miss nothing if you just fast forward 10 minutes into the episode <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a guarantee. It's a good calibration time for like when you get in your car to check your seatbelt, make sure right, knows yeah, loose, nothing loose.
0: <laughs> get it started. Do all the stuff you got to do, and and know in your heart of hearts that we're not going to say anything worthwhile for for at least seven to ten minutes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> but we, what, but,
0: we care about you that much that we're going to give you that time back. So. So who are, who are we and what do we do again? <laughs> ah, well, they know we're selling the screen. We watch movies or something. <laughs> movies that I've picked out for, for to, to sell you
1: on. Cause you're, uh, yeah. you know, before this year, um, not, a, not a
0: huge horror movie fan. Um, that's true. I, I, I will say that I have maybe not the deep background in, in horror film and horror media, uh, but you know through osmosis i picked up stuff uh, there's been things in pop culture that have to do with horror and even if i haven't watched the stuff i'm familiar with tropes and things i'm not a complete yeah. uh stranger <laughs> to it
1: yeah but you know as far as just kind of that that deeper more extensive knowledge
0: you, you don't really have that so i'm kind of yeah, I, I just haven't watched the movies <laughs>
1: I've only watched the Treehouse of Horror episodes based on the movies.
0: <laughs> so it's another one of those things. I think I have a I have a thing for uh, watching media that is related to something that I have no concept of, but still just kind of being into it. <laughs>
1: Whoever this is, they're giving them the business.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can tell this is a reference, but man, not a clue what is to. It's funny, though
1: um so yeah this time we got we got audition we got um we this is our third foray into uh into J horror we had the relatively well-received uh one cut of the dead um yeah and the 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 not at all well-received pulse (laughs) so we're gonna see um where where this one falls on the spectrum this is um
0: i will i will say if you haven't listened to the pulse episode go back and do it there's we got lots of stuff in the catalog that's uh, needs some loving um so okay. if you're starting here go back and check out some of the earlier stuff that is one of the very earlier ones so maybe the sound quality's not the best um yeah but there's there's stuff that we talk about in there that i think is is worth listening to it at least as worth listening to as anything we say is yeah and
1: I and, you know again i don't i don't know where we're going to end up on this one but i feel like even on the even though it's been mostly hits even on a lot of the misses, there's at least been kind of that begrudging, like, "Oh, there was at least this thing that was kind of neat," or "I right. see, with, I see what this is, but it's just
0: not for me" type thing. With, so. with Pulse specifically, there was there was that. I, I remember, um, I I did not end up liking that movie very much, but I respected and understood a lot of what they were going for, and I, I yeah. mean, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is one that's from. Um, that
1: similar time period this is kind of the as as what would be known as j horror kind of started taking off um this was in the wake of ringu being a huge success in in okay. japan um it hadn't crossed over to the us yet this one actually got to the us before before the ring did the ring remake um and this kind of launched takashi mike um who is a, a director who's been you know, making movies since like the early nineties. Um, he has 108 film credits to his name. Um, which, which if you break down the math on that is, is fairly astonishing. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of wild. <laughs> uh, he's a little bit less prolific now, but there was a period of time where he was putting out like four to six movies a year. Um, And and I do love – I've read an interview with him, and he he says that the reason he makes so many movies is because he's lazy, and he just sits around doing nothing, and people see him doing nothing and get upset and make him do something, which (laughs) (laughs) –
0: okay. I don't don't know if that quite adds up, but (laughs) Um, if he needs that to help him sleep, that's fine.
1: (laughs) He got his start actually working under – uh, Shohei Umamura, who have, I've only seen one of his movies, but he's a like super well-regarded um, instructor and director in Japan. Probably most famous in the U.S. at least for the movie *Black Rain*, which is um, a drama set in the immediate aftermath of the explosion of the of the atomic bombs. So you know, real joyous,
0: um, oh, yeah. stuff. Some heartfelt, uplifting material there. Um, but he started just kind of
1: like making these direct-to-video movies, these like crazy, gory, um, insane videos where he could kind of get away with stuff because it wasn't like a mainstream release. He got recognized for it, and the, the the ones that he made were recognized as being pretty good, so he got kind of like bigger budgets. But he kind of around this time, this is the kind of movie that he was making, just these insane um, and I would say Audition's even kind of a break from that, because we'll get into what Audition is in a moment, but um, most of his stuff is kind of just top-to-bottom violence and over-the-top gore and sex and everything
0: pushed to 11. Um, yeah, the um, the director, Takeshi Mike, it's a name that I was familiar with before we watched this movie, and I was aware of him because I had heard that he did like the kind of extreme stuff that you were just talking about. Yeah. And
1: like right around when this came out, um, his other two movies that caught on with Western audiences or um, dead or alive, which ended up being part of a a trilogy where it's like this, it's, it's a Yakuza movie, but it's like, it's, it's, an, it's nuts. Like it's, it starts fairly violent by the halfway point. You have somebody getting drowned in a kiddie pool of filled with their own diarrhea uh and the movie ends with the the hero and the villain um having a gunfight that they eventually get out bazookas and start shooting each other with bazookas and then they destroy the world. So that's and there's two movies
0: that follow it. <laughs> that's not that's not the one that uh the departed was based on. Oh <laughs> no. no. <laughs> um uh
1: then Ichi the killer, which is like like oh my god, that that one is again it's based on a manga, like a super ultraviolet manga, and I think even most of those generally get, like, tamed down a bit when they get the movie adaptation. This one did not. <laughs> it, it was up, turned to 11 again the entire time. Um, this one is kind of a little bit, and we'll get into like, the actual movie itself, is a little bit of a departure where it lulls you in before it does that. And I think it's, it's more effective for it. Um, but... Um, he, you know, he's also a cinephile he, where he, he's like a Tarantino where he kind of has a lot of homages to things in his movies. And, um, i like, like David Lynch too. He's very reluctant to talk about like meaning behind his movies. So people were coming to him about audition and being like, Oh, like, well, the feminist undertones in this and what this has to say about Japanese society. And he's like, I'll, I will talk to you about like how I made it and the performances and stuff. but, I work on these movies for three weeks. They're my life for three weeks. And then I'm done. <laughs> like, right. That's He's pretty resistant to, to like trying to ascribe that, that meaning
0: to it. Um, I so can audition- that though. Cause I feel like, um, I feel like the artist should not necessarily be completely in control of what their art means. Cause it's going to mean different things to different people.
1: Yeah, and I I think sometimes it takes on a life of its own, and it, it's, um you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit with, like, Black Christmas, where, like, that wasn't intended to be a feminist movie, but it was, when you look at it through that lens, it's probably the lens that makes it the most interesting. Well,
0: I mean, um, that's, a, that's still kind of a baffling idea to me, that the, that movie in particular, with everything <laughs> going on in it, was not intended to be that way. Like, I don't know. I don't know how that read could come about if they weren't trying to make it at least somewhat lean that direction.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he he has talked about with like this movie in particular and some of his other stuff, too, that it's it's known in Japan, but it's actually more successful in the West. And it's like a, he's, he's like, I I don't really get that because I'm I'm specifically making movies for a Japanese audience and great that it took off. But I don't. I don't consider the West when I make
0: movies. Right. He wasn't aiming for that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, Like, I think he has some ideas about why, but um, you know, not (laughs) it's, it's it's, a lot of his stuff is commentary specifically on Japanese culture. So, and I think there's, there's a lot of that in this movie too. Um, Yeah.
0: There, there was definitely, there were definitely some times when I was like, I, I see what's (laughs) happening here, but I don't, really have a frame of reference that would make it make sense to me
1: yeah this uh this
0: this yandare movie right, yeah. <laughs> um but I do well, you like there, a... there have been successful ones of those in the in the u.s in the west you know like well was it um like basic instinct or fatal attraction
1: yeah i think i think this is maybe a little closer to a fatal attraction than uh than a than a basic instinct but it's um we'll get into this movie <laughs> It's I think it's kind of its own beast. I think it's it's like the the hand that rocks the cradle. (laughs) (laughs) I remember a mutual friend getting very upset that uh, I remember that she was she was a huge Drew Barrymore fan Mm
0: -hmm. and that
1: uh, there was that movie Poison Ivy that came out the same year as Hand That Rocks the Cradle. And I made mention that it was a ripoff of Hand That Rocks the Cradle. And she got furious
0: (laughs) about that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, before we kind of get into this one though, I, I did want to kind of talk a little bit about just like extreme horror in, in a sense, because um, I, I think that it's worth talking about when we talk about this kind of stuff. Where um, you know, spoiler alert for what we're gonna get into with this one. Um, this movie has a reputation, um, and it's a uh, not unearned reputation for being pretty hard to watch for being pretty stomach-turning in places. Um, maybe literally, at least in one place. Right. Um, so, you know, I think for a lot of people, they look at the people who watch this and recommend it and have their friends watch it for a podcast and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> um, oh, I already knew. <laughs> this didn't answer any questions. It didn't even make me ask them. <laughs> um, but I think I can, I can pretty easily give a defense of Kind of more mainstream or fun horror. I can give a pretty full-throated, like you know, a Nightmare on Elm Street's just fucking fun. Like, I'm sorry if you don't if you don't get why that's fun. I get that maybe it doesn't specifically appeal to you, but it's it's designed to be an enjoyable roller coaster ride from from start to finish, and it's designed to be a crowd pleaser. Maybe it doesn't work for you, but it's it's not outside the scope of an entertaining thing,
0: right? So um, something like that is you should be able to to see it and recognize that it is that thing, even if that thing doesn't necessarily work for you.
1: Yeah, and I think when you know th- this movie often gets brought up as a pr- it, it it's a, a little bit of a prickly label to apply to it, but this sometimes gets lumped in with the torture porn movies. And I think when we get into it for pretty good reason, um, even if I don't necessarily.
0: Sure. I agree
1: with all of it, but...
0: I think um, we can, you know, last week we had, or last episode, we had a little bit of a conversation about expectation. And yeah. I think that can kind of be brought up here again as well, because that is kind of what my expectation was going into this thing. was It was going to be something like that. And not to say that there were not things that made me uncomfortable watching this movie. Yeah. Um, but it did not end up going nearly as far uh, into the, like, the gross-out torture porn sort of stuff that I kind of expected from just from kind of reputation.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, there's been a little bit of a reassessment of it because of that, um, where a lot of this stuff lives in, in the, the character beats as opposed to like the shock of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, think what draws me specifically to it is I, and why I kind of find some of these movies and maybe even to an extent like pulse what taps into it a little bit too, even though it, that's not, extreme at all. Go go watch Paul, Steve. Don't, don't listen to what you saying. to say. Um,
0: but, um, it's, it's good advice. Don't listen to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I think a lot of this stuff can be, like, cathartic for people that have, like, experienced trauma. Like, I've kind of, as an adult, reckoned a bit with my upbringing and sort of been like, oh, like, yeah, maybe, like, nobody like hit me or, like, diddled me or whatever, but, like, I grew up in an, in a, in an abusive household I grew up like there was no stability I would grew up with an addict and you know my world could turn upside down on a day because she was addicted to drama and because of that like I kind of have like trust issues with people like I'm very slow to like let people into my circle <laughs> and mm-hmm. I've also kind of been burned on that before like as a, as a young adult maybe letting like some of the wrong people in um I think some of this is like Tharsis from that point of view where it's this is a a lot of this is a movie about kind of the unknowability of other people and misplaced
0: trust um i i definitely got that read going just watching this like that was one of the one of the things i took notes on was there's a lot of a lot of talk about loneliness and loss yeah. and a lot of talk about uh or a lot of a lot of dancing around the idea of how much do you really know this person or how, yeah. how much can you even know about this person how much, you know, how, how, what can you know about a
1: person? What are, what are, are we projecting things onto people? Are we trying to get our, our needs met in a way that that person is not capable of, or even if it's, is it fair to put those expectations right. on them? Um, I, I think this movie really reckons a lot with that stuff. And it's, it, it, and it's, I think I say cathartic, but it's also kind of like informative in some ways where it's like, I I, I feel like as a kid, who maybe didn't have that that danger zone sense of of who to trust and who not to trust. Obviously I didn't see this when I was a kid, but like kind of horror movies in general kind of helped me deal with my fear around that. And I think that's part of why they resonate so much with me. And I think even stuff on this extreme end of the genre still does, because it it taps into something that I don't really get from other media. <laughs>
0: We're right. If that I, makes sense, I think no. That makes that makes perfect sense because uh, I don't know that a lot of other media would be. I don't want to say capable of tackling that sort of subject matter because clearly they are capable of tackling it, but you wouldn't yeah. have a lot of the. Um, I don't know. It wouldn't be very palatable or marketable to to try to really address those issues and kind of dive into it. And like a big budget kind of widely released thing.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, you know, I, this is kind of anecdotal, but like, I've kind of heard a similar thing with, um, you know, one of the other kind of extremes in the horror genre is the rape revenge movie. like Mm -hmm. I spit on your grave or, um, you know, kind of things like that. But um, a lot of the people I've talked to who are like passionate supporters of that, like in the horror community tend to be like women who have been, like victims of of sexual violence, and so, it's it's that catharsis for them.
0: Like I was gonna it's, say, it's, yeah, the, I could really I can understand that because that's very that's very easy to draw that line between you know they couldn't do this, but it's it's cathartic to watch someone else be able to do the things that they wish they could do. Yeah, or even like
1: not necessarily something you wish you could do. Like you you have that moral compass, hopefully, where you're not enacting these revenge things but it's still there's that sense of relief or kind of like you know the the, the good for her memes of you know, right. people getting that kind of satisfaction so yeah I can right. understand that so well, let's, let's let's get into what this movie is instead of instead of, instead of dancing around it ballet dancing around it <laughs> <laughs> um, so um just r- real simple story overview because I, th- I think this one, this is another one that kind of is it's a very slow burn. It's a 2-hour movie and I would, you know, we're, we're going to get into nothing really terrifying happens until almost halfway into this movie, like it, into a 2-hour movie yeah, that there, has, that has like this a,
0: reputation. There's this like a scene or two um fairly early on that kind of indicates that maybe there's something else going on, but it is
1: it's played pretty straight. It's played really um,
0: straight in 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 it doesn't seem like it's going to go where it goes at all for the, like the first three quarters of the movie,
1: yeah, and I, I think this is one too where um, again, I've mentioned in the past like if you if you have any interest in seeing this, I probably what I've already mentioned is like kind of spoiler enough, but this is like kind of like a psycho where there's a there's a part in this movie where the kind of movie you think you're watching is not the movie you're watching and and when it shifts everything in the movie changes and it, it all kind of builds on that first stuff. Like it's not, doesn't discard it all, but it's right.
0: The, it's, the change is substantial and, and sudden. And yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. So, so our main character, um, a Yama is a um, widower. Um, the movie even opens with a very melodramatic scene of his wife dying and the son coming to bring like, you know, a, a, a gifts for his mom, we get well soon. It was like a seven-year-old kid, um, and and the the mother dies, and it's it's very this part just feels like a melodrama. It feels like a soap opera, like it's yeah. very uh, like brightly lit. Um, and that's kind of our, our introduction. Then we get a little bit of a time jump where this widower, at the urging of his now you know kid, who's in his like late fift- teens,
0: fifteen yeah. to seventeen, is kind of where I put him.
1: Yeah, he's a high school age kid um encourages his dad to like start dating again or try to look look for somebody to marry.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, after the after the rough start with the mom dying, it, it really kind of stuck out to me how it how much of a good relationship it seemed that the the father and son had. Like they they really seemed to to get along and to have kind of things figured out and they came from this tragic beginning but kind of brought them together instead of making things difficult.
1: Yeah. And I think that's um, part of why I like this movie a lot is, is I think like, I kind of said, said before this movie lives in its characters. Mm-hmm. I think Ayama's a really interesting character because he's a, he's a good dad. And like a, a character you generally like who does some pretty monstrous things, but kind of the, what ends up happening to him because of these small monstrous things he does is just, overwhelming <laughs> he, he faces a reckoning that you know in, in terms of horror movies come up and you don't really right <laughs> doesn't you, make you, fit the crime
0: <laughs> right yeah it's, it definitely doesn't fit the crime when you get the kind of the explanation as to why it's happening from the from the person herself yeah. um it's it just seems like it was a she took the kind of kind of icky mildly creepy thing that he did and kind of misread how it actually went down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of I mean, in some blanks that didn't actually occur.
1: <laughs> we'll get into filling filling in some blanks on this movie later because I, <laughs> right. I I have some stuff to say about that. But um, so you know he mentions this to a good friend of his. He's a documentary film producer. He's got a friend that works in feature films. Um. And they go out and they're, as they're talking about like women and you, you kind of get the impression they're both very traditional and kind of old school in their ways and they have like yeah, they kind seem, of ideas about like gender. Japanese
0: and... salarymen just kind of yeah. you know out after out after work having a drink and a smoke at a bar <laughs> reminiscing yeah. about the the old the good old days and <laughs> how things aren't as good anymore.
1: Yeah, and this, this was made during a period of uh, economic downturn for Japan, too. Kinda, they kind of, they kind of came down off that high of like the 80s, early 90s, where right. you know, everybody thought they were taking over everything. Um, at least in the US. Um, but, uh, they, they, they hatch a plan. And his friend basically comes to him and says that, Hey, there's, um, you did this documentary about, which, by the way, this, the premise of this documentary, I, I, the, the subtitled version is basically a, a Ex-ballet dancer, her patron, and, like, uh, a, a kid. And it, I guess the, like, official translation of what they're trying to hint at is that it's a love triangle between a, an ex-ballerina, her, uh, like, older patron, and a kid with Down syndrome, which I didn't realize. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not I in the subtitles. Miss that one. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's like a, a lost in translation thing. That's just sort of like, okay, let well, me we'll just leave that one. <laughs> we'll leave that for the <laughs> for the domestic. Okay. Ones. Yeah. yeah well. Um, but uh, they 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 decide to put on an audition for this movie. It might or might not get made. They don't really they don't really care about that. The purpose of the audition is but, to find him a wife.
0: Is to. Right, and it's it sounded to me like the the friend was setting this up. You know, with the idea of maybe get, having you know be an easy way for his buddy to meet some women, but also he sounded like he was planning on going through with this movie if it was possible to do so. Like it wasn't solely to to set, be a matchmaker. Yeah,
1: but it's 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 very much a like oh this this is something we don't really. It might happen, it might not happen. Yeah, whatever. But hey, since since this is we're already doing this, let's use it for this, and let's kind of be, yeah. this is the plan.
0: It definitely, it definitely rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. It was a little icky to have them set this up specifically so the guy yeah. could meet girls, but it wasn't like, I don't know. And I guess in,
1: in, in the novel, it's much more explicitly this, and it's not like the a, a friend doing it, it's him doing it, so it's a, in the novel, it's a little bit more of a reckoning for the sure. specific Thing. but it's it's
0: still i think especially now like this, this struck me as such like a <laughs> like a sitcom thing to have happen like this kind of idea
1: yeah and like you know i kind of mentioned that there's a turn in the movie like if you didn't know any better the first part of this movie you'd almost think was like a not super funny but okay like romantic comedy it feels like a mm-hmm. like a, like a, a concept that would be in a rom com like of the time, like with Kate Hudson or you know. Uh, oh, uh,
0: absolutely! It's it's one hundred percent shot that way and presented that way.
1: Yeah. Um. So they 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 begin to go through with it. Um. There's there's one person who catches Ayama's eye. Um who's, you know, he's, he's looking at all these pictures. He's, he's kind of sorting through everything. And I there's... guess
0: they had uh, headshots and essays. <laughs> that's, how, yes. that's how you get a, a part in Japanese film.
1: <laughs> I, I love the radio ad, too, that's like,
0: oh, like, have you wanted to be an actress? All these other
1: actresses were normal people, too. Come try out for this movie. Come be a heroine.
0: <laughs> a little more courage can change your life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but... Uh, the one who catches his eye is a, a former ballerina, um, hmm. and he's kind of talked about, like, specifically what kind of woman he wants, which is, like, somebody with some sort of, like, discipline or training and, like, a, a vocation, but somebody who's not too good at it, so it's not the thing that they do. Like, he wants somebody that's, like, a, a, a kind of traditional housewife. He wants. He, you
0: know, it sounds like he wants someone who's figured out who they are and actually yeah. has accompli- accomplishments of their own. And just kind of is ready to be a yes. part or a house, like you said, a housewife, someone who who's not still looking to do those things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I now, mean, like I think you know we maybe get back to that whole like, oh, they can't be like a really good pianist. I don't want them out there touring, but you know, I want yeah. them play, you know, play for me at at, at dinners and stuff. Um,
0: Which so... again, all all this is like mildly off putting, but it's not. It's not yeah. yeah.
1: – and the again, like things. a yeah, – and, and it's the same kind of thing where if you look at, you know, like a plot of a movie like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days or something, like if you actually – like you, if you knew people who did that shit in real life, you'd
0: be like, you goddamn monster. Like what the hell is wrong with you? like <laughs> I think it's more – it would probably be more appropriate to say that I would be like, you, you're a fucking dumbass. Stop. <laughs> Just think about what you're doing for a second this, this is like i said it's very much like sitcom level uh, yeah badness <laughs>
1: um I, I really do like the audition process though where they're going through and they're they're interviewing all the different women and they this it's was, um it was, it's like a, a, it was
0: a moderately funny scene
1: yes uh it, it moves at a, at a pretty good clip and they're talking to all these different women and there's just the one that he's excited to see he, he kind of has just fi- like fixated on on yeah. the one and they even kind of her- shoot her like early on
0: yeah early on he he's looking at the list and he finds her name on the list so we know where she is so where she's yeah. expected to come in on the on the call sheet and uh they do a good job of kind of showing they're ticking through the list and he's getting more and more kind of antsy and excited the closer they get to her and he's not asking anybody else any questions he's no just he, he, he hasn't said a word his friend has handled everything up to this point yeah so then uh, asami I, comes I will, say, I will say before before we get to her we had said that this scene was it relatively enjoyable. The the one part of this movie that I actually really did kind of laugh at was when the the lady came back in the audition. She's like, "Didn't I <laughs> talk to you?" And she's it's like, just, "Yeah, but I had more to say." I thought that was funny.
1: <laughs> that was very funny. And the the one woman who's like, uh, "Oh yeah, I've done some adult films too." And this his friend turns like the the producer like, uh, "Get her for something else." <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah there's there's a, some good some funny parts there and he ends up you know kind of getting up the courage and calling her and they go on a date and you know he's basically saying oh this isn't about the movie and she seems okay with it and things go fine and he's starting to become more and more smitten with her like even so much so sort of that he's telling his friend he doesn't even care if the movie gets off the ground like he thinks right. he's
0: like found it um, so we're where he's Friend is justifiably cautious. He's like, I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's great that you found somebody, but maybe slow down just a little bit because this and seems also all like, a little too
1: easy. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, I, I, he, he also felt like anxious at first. He's like, there was something off about her, and I, yeah. I, I, she's very pretty and she sounds very accomplished, but it's, I, I, I got a bad feeling, and he, he even does like a little bit of preliminary research where he's like. The person that she listed as a reference, um, in is the music industry is yeah. a, is is not there. Um, but she seems to kind of patch over that on the first date that they go on, just be like, oh, I, I lied about a reference because they they said that's what you're supposed to do. Um, but they they start kind of dating a little bit more, and he he gets the courage to like call her back, and when he gets the courage to call her back, that's when this movie takes a turn. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, because you get to see her. In her apartment, I guess, just waiting for the phone call, and it seems like that's all she's been doing. <laughs> she's just crumpled yes. in a heap on the floor next to the phone.
1: Well, I I, uh, I I love this scene so much. How they they orchestrate this and where the movie comes from here. He's like kind of smitten, and he's like looking at the phone, like, oh, should I call her or shouldn't I? Oh, I don't know, they
0: have, like. In they a they draw that out. They draw that out for quite a few scenes.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they they're intersplicing it with. Where she is because he's never been to her apartment and they right. they show her apartment and the only things that are in her apartment are a giant sack in the background, like a big burlap bag, yeah. a phone, and she's just sitting and, like, staring down with her, like, hair draped over, like, holding her knees, yeah. staring at it. And, and this whole time he's thinking about whether he should call or not when he finally does – the phone starts to ring and you just see like a little smile creep on her face. And then the bag starts to move. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It starts to make guttural noises and flop
0: around. (laughs) Right. Which is just, it, it happens so abruptly that you're not even sure that you saw what you think, what you actually saw. (laughs) Like it's just, it's there and gone. And you're like, what, what was that? (laughs) Yeah. Um,
1: so at this point, I think the movie, like, what I, what I, again, something else I, I think just technique wise, the techniques start to like change. Like it's, it's, it goes from being almost shot kind of, I think there's some neat stuff in the beginning. I'll kind of talk through some of that, but it, it, it flips full on into being a horror movie and it starts being shot like a horror movie. Um, yeah. where you know that there's something awful with her and they're going on these dates and. The dates are all it's one conversation at like a bunch of different restaurants, right? But it, it's it's like it, it's the conversations all kind of seamless and what they're talking about, but the location keeps changing yeah. and where the camera is like keeps changing. And I think that stuff's really cool. Um, eventually, kind of with like his son's urging, he decides like he's gonna kind of pull the trigger and propose to her. So they go to a seaside hotel, um, and. You know he's kind of trying to be the gentleman and oh let's let's go do this and go do this and, and she starts taking her clothes off and says like hey if uh you know i want to show you my body and you know, i'm not gonna to lie to you and uh you just need to make the promise to me that if you're gonna love me you can't love anybody else
0: you just know love only,
1: love only me <laughs> and uh I, I really like here because I, I don't know if i want to if you wanted to get back into the scene, we can, but I think one thing I, I like a lot in this part is that we already kind of know the menace uh, behind her. and We know there's something terrible in that bag. Mm-hmm. Um, when he like lays down with her in the, on the bed and it's an immediate cut to him waking up in the morning and she's not there, but it's all one like scene transition. Yeah. And when he gets in the sheet, like it starts kind of flopping around like that bag. <laughs> it's like, Oh no, oh, no, what's happening.
0: I, I didn't I didn't recognize the similarities immediately. Um yeah. what I what I did notice was how um it was really it was really weird, like I couldn't tell what was actually happening there. It's yeah. like he he lays she lays down, he takes his clothes off and climbs into bed on top of her, and then it's it was almost like he pulled the covers up over his head and all of a sudden they were just like <laughs> fighting under the covers and then he pulls the covers down and she's gone. Yeah. And it wasn't really clear that any time had passed. It was just real disorienting.
1: And and that's where this movie, like, cause the first part of the movie is not shot like this. The first part of it is very straightforward. You know exactly what's happening. Yeah. It starts to get way more dreamlike and a lot more flashbacks and kind of like dreams and visions and things that like people couldn't yes. see.
0: He, they even at one point, show scenes that they just showed like a couple minutes ago, but the yeah. dialogue has changed.
1: <laughs> yes, and um, one thing that we we do learn here too is that when he sees um, Asami naked, that she's got like burns on her inner thigh. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he she wanted him to like see, see that. Um, so like after she leaves, this is kind of where he kind of goes into detective mode a little bit, so it's following up on like the because he really, at this point, realizes he doesn't really know a ton about her. He just kind of knows what that she's yeah, sweet no, and demure she, and pretty. Yes, yeah, she
0: she she leaves in the middle of the night. He gets a phone call from the front desk saying, "Hey, your companion left. Are you still standing, <laughs> or what, what's going on?" He's like, "What she left." This part Mister Herman, Mister <laughs> <right>. Herman. <laughs> this part also um, kind of stuck out to me because when he woke up, I don't know if it was just you know he was really sleeping really well and (laughs) kind of woke up groggy from a dream or something. But it seemed almost like he had been drugged with something at. Yeah. Then.
1: Especially because once you kind of know later on, kind of how
0: she operates. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I kind of get that feeling too. And then it, it it doesn't help that the, again, just the, the scenes that follow after this, he he investigates the two leads. He knows about her. He knows where she studied ballet. Um, goes there and finds a, a real a real creepo who doesn't who's like, oh you're Asami, huh?
0: You're kind of, you're kind of <laughs> skipping over a scene where he comes back from the, the trip and he kinda of talks to his friend, the guy oh, who yeah. set up everything up again. And the guy's like, I you mean I I this, would like like love I to you. help you find this person, <laughs> but I have nothing to help you with. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well you kinda you can tell that he's really broken up about this and doesn't know what to do, and he wants his friend to help, and his friend's like, I, I'm sorry, man, there's not I don't there's nothing I can do. And he basically just says, Well, you know, well fuck you, I'm gonna figure it out myself. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But he yeah, he starts he starts investigating, he goes to the ballet school
0: yeah, and he doesn't know the, where she lives.
1: <laughs> the um the instructor here very much feels like maybe the only character in this movie that would like be at home in another Takashi Miike movie. Yeah, the, the, the creepy ballet instructor with prosthetic feet that uh...
0: <laughs> he, he certainly seemed out of place based on what we've seen so far.
1: Yeah, he, he, like probably the only real ver- version in this movie of just like kind of a cackling villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Because I think Asami herself or as horrible as she ends up becoming and you find out what she, what she is, you at least kind of see where she comes from or this guy is just sort of like, (laughs) like, (laughs) yeah, he's he's a real, he's a real creep. Yeah. Um, so the only other lead that he has is he knows that there is a bar that she says that she works at sometimes that her friend operates. Right. Um, And he goes there and it's like this very strange bar that's like in an apartment building. And like, it's, I, again, this, I don't know if this is like cultural thing or whatever. Yeah, that it seems strange to me.
0: <laughs> I think this is. I think this is a cultural thing. Um, I don't have any experience with Japan. I've never been there before. But I am playing uh, Yakuza Seven, so I have a little bit of experience <laughs> with how uh, downtown nightlife scene in J- Japan works. Uh, um, th- yeah, th- a lot of buildings, a lot of like uh, bars and places are kind of just tucked in wherever they can, like, you, a narrow flight of stairs, up or down, you know, kind of wedged in between other things.
1: Yeah, and that's, um, but this this bar is closed, and it's been closed for a while, and he, he runs into a neighbor there that says, like, oh, yeah, there was actually, like, a grisly murder here, this woman and her, like, lover, or no, this woman got killed, and they, the the weird thing is that when the police showed up, there was extra body parts
0: there, there was there was three fingers, an ear, and a tongue. Yeah, they said um, the, they said that the... The woman was killed. Yeah. He asks, "Well, what happened?" He said, "Well, we think it was something with with the lover. Uh, the the lady was cut up, and when yeah. police found all the pieces, they had extra, <laughs> <laughs> like putting together an IKEA
1: table or something." Yeah. And then he has like a hallucination here, which like I think the first time I saw this movie, I did not realize really what was happening here, and this just seemed like like. Oh, this must be like dream logic, like just, just like the G- David Lynch moment, but he's like seeing that in his head, and he
0: kind yeah, of yeah, he has a he has a points. real bad reaction to being told <laughs> there were three fingers and a tongue and an ear left <laughs> in this place. <laughs> well, he sees it. He he sees yeah, them on the was, floor, and the tongue's flopping around like. <laughs> this was a very strange moment.
1: <laughs> it is, yes, it's a very very strange part of what ends up being a very strange movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so after this. We get a little bit of a kind of a, a Halloween or we get a little point of view of the, the house that our protagonist lives in and somebody coming into that house. And then he returns home. Uh, he, get, he listens to a message from his son, um, takes a takes a sip of, of whiskey from his decanter and starts to feel himself seize up and he falls down. And then we get kind of like a 20, 25 minutes of extended like dreams and flashbacks um, yeah this this part was also very strange yeah and, and this is kind of the part where it's like I'm I don't under I don't know how much of this we're supposed to take as fact and how much of this we're supposed to take as just kind of what he's seeing, but at least it seems to kind of bear out
0: um there there is definitely the stuff the there's stuff in this hallucination sequence that, um, definitely, just seems like him hallucinating, like when he sees all the other women that you've kind of seen in the periphery of his yeah. life, um, kind of in different spots. Uh, but there's also information given that he cannot possibly have known, know, and no one gave him this information.
1: Yeah, so I I got the sequence kind of written down here. So the the first thing that that he sees is the the dinner dates that he went on with her. Mm-hmm. Um we start to see kind of different conversations that were going on during okay. those dinners.
0: It's the dates. same conversation. It's just, she's saying different things to answer the questions. He's asked.
1: Yes. And I, I think a lot of this is sort of like what they're getting at here is sort of like, what did he hear versus what did he want to hear? Mm-hmm. Because it's also like their body language is different. It's like, it's filmed differently. So it just has a different feel to it. Um, Pretty crazy, but then it you know then it also has obvious dream like stuff where it's not just a flashback because then he sees his wife and his um you know son and um basically the wife is saying like don't marry her don't don't do anything with her like don't mm-hmm. <laughs> um then he's in her apartment and she kind of like you think that for, she's going to attack him but she gets in front of him and pulls down his pants and starts like Going with it, and like you said, kind of the the other women that are in his life, um, he's had like a couple awkward scenes with his secretary, um, where it seemed like she was kind of trying to give him to get him so, to give more of a response than he was giving. Yes, and this um, this you find out why. Yes, that they had had like a, a an all night office party or whatever, like they had some sort of encounter, and she thought it meant more than it than it did to him. It was just yeah. for him. It was just know, a one night stand. Yeah, yeah, and she thought there was more going on. Yeah. Um, and then she turns into, like, the the son had brought, like, a little girlfriend home that, like, is around his age. And, um, I mean, worth kind of noting here, too, in the movie that even though... Dude Bolus had the decided, right response. <laughs> he did, but there's, you know, it also sounds like maybe he was still excited. Because <laughs> she was like, oh, look at that. <laughs> like, but he does recoil. He does, like, back away. But again, I think it's sort of a commentary where it's, it's a forty year old guy with a 24 year old woman. It's not. I also don't think
0: I would read too much into that in terms of uh, <laughs> being icky with a kid because beforehand he was with the woman that he thought he really liked, and she was she got him started. So I don't know how yeah. quickly your boner goes away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it just deflates like a, it's like a pop balloon. <laughs> like, um, well,
0: I, I guess I do know how your boner goes away. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but then this transitions into uh the the first of maybe our, our grossest scenes in this movie um you find out what's in the bag <laughs> what's in the bag yeah.
0: <laughs> this was definitely the grossest
1: scene in the movie yeah as a shark or something um <laughs> So we find out where the fingers and uh, ears and tongue came from. There's a there's right. a man that's in the bag, and I think the implication is that this is the record executive, and that he was kind of having
0: a, an affair with the that owner of the bar. And that's
1: kind of okay. what set
0: her off. Yeah, uh, I wondered, I wondered. I didn't see the connection between the record executive and the the bar owner, but I did kind of. My my take was that this was the the bar owner's lover yeah that kind of was the reason that she got killed yeah
1: and um so he he comes out of the the bag and um it, it's real real gross makeup here um the, <laughs> Missing uh, all the
0: fingers on one hand except for the ring finger
1: yeah and the thumb, the thumb. <laughs> um but he starts like motioning and you realize he's motioning to what's behind a yomi in the stream and and or yama in the stream and he he kind of falls down and uh, Asami <laughs> is behind him.
0: You hear her retching, do- yeah, throwing up, <laughs> <laughs> throwing up into, a, up dog into bowl. a
1: dog bowl, and just feeds him the the man in the back who eagerly eagerly laps it up.
0: Oh, he wants it so bad.
1: Um, so Jed. Yeah. Um, the the actress who plays Asami, uh-huh. uh, Aihisa. She's a she's a former model. This is kind of her first real acting gig, but she wanted to take acting very seriously. Um so she became a method actor. Um so in this scene I regret to inform you as <laughs> I only very recently learned this myself that is real vomit in that bowl. <laughs> she ate something threw it up. She insisted on that's the only way that she would do the scene to get into character. <laughs> so I I mean There you, you go. Live with you it. Didn't, I, you didn't have to tell me that. It, well, I need I needed to spread it. It, it needs to <laughs>
0: If the scene was gross enough without me knowing that. (laughs)
1: Um, But then it starts to kind of just get, um, I guess we get one more real crazy thing before everything starts blurring together is that the, um, the, the stepfather that, that we find out was, was abusive to um, Asami. That's like part of what she's talking about in the extended conversation that they're having. You find out her abuse, abusive backstory where she was kind of shuttled around she mm-hmm. was sexually abused. She was physically abused. Nobody really wanted her. Um, the, the stepfather who was kind of most abusive to her, who was the ballet instructor, um, was, you know, molesting her and like burning her. That's where she gets the burns from. Mm-hmm. She takes a wire saw, <laughs> um, and lets us know that it cuts through bones so easily and wraps it around his neck as he's playing the piano and decapitates him with it. Um, did this actually happen though? I, that's the thing I'm sort of uncertain about. Cause I'm like, either this, either this didn't happen, or he didn't actually meet the stepfather when he went to the ballet school. So I, I think, I think this is a dream where he's kind of realizing what she is and what she's enacting. And I think maybe in his twilight state, you've seen the bone saw. I, yes, <laughs> the, it's so, wire it's saw. so strange
0: because. He never goes to her apartment. Like, that's wholly fabricated. Yes. So he never saw the guy in the bag. He never saw her feed him vomit. This is all... He's making this shit up in his head.
1: Yeah, or or he's maybe... I kind of get the idea from those conversation scenes earlier that, that maybe he just didn't pick up on what she was actually communicating to him. But but for the most part, yes. He's not. He's never been there. He doesn't know for certain what's going on. But he's projecting just, all. This is all just, playing in his. I feel drug. like
0: I feel like those are some big leaps to take.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you don't think she said any of that stuff like during their their dinner?
0: I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, it'd be weird for him to just gloss
1: over it if she did. Um. Well, I mean, I think there's different reads on this movie, and we'll, we'll get into that, but I, that's that's my takeaway from that, from my read of the movie. Um, but this, when he comes to, now he's at home, He's he, you find out he's been paralyzed with a, a toxin that both makes it so you can't move, and so that your, um, your propane reception is, is... Yeah, your skin becomes wh- hypersensitive. Yes, which, good news, not a real drug. Um, So, if you ever, if you walked away from this movie with that fear in your heart, there's, there's, you don't have to worry about it. Good. Um, but, uh, so I think what's kind of neat here, (laughs) and I, I realize how fucked up it sounds to talk about like how neat this part of the movie is, Mm -hmm. um, is that this movie kind of fakes you out and does cutaways a lot until it doesn't. (laughs) Um,
0: yeah. She pulls the needles out, and you get yeah. a lot of nothing. Kitty, 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 yeah. kitty. You get a lot of uh, the idea of needles.
1: Yeah, she well, she, she starts by pressing them into his stomach and talking about how it's like a very sensitive part of the of the torso, and uh, she's put, pushing it in, and it's translating as deeper, this kitty, kitty, kitty. But mm-hmm. I guess it's sort of like um, what you would say when you kind of have like like pins and needles, like a mildly dis. Unpleasant sensation sure. that's like a mild pain, but she's saying yeah, it in a very I mean, sing-songy.
0: Either either <laughs> way, the tone she's using to say this <laughs> this phrase over and over again is completely at odds with what she's doing to this yes. man. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, she's also talking
1: about like how like um, you know that. She's kind of explaining
0: why she's doing this. Yeah.
1: All, all words are lies. Pain doesn't lie. Like, I'm going to help you see your own shape clearly. That's what she says. Mm -hmm. Um, basically that that her life was kind of defined by pain, by fear. And she's doing this to the people in his, in her life that she wants to love. And she also felt betrayed because she found out he has a son that he loves and he has an ex-wife that, or I say ex-wife, an ex-wife who passed away. Um, (laughs) I I mean, (laughs) ex-living.
0: He has he has people in his life where she has no one, and she wanted him to be that person for her. So she starts
1: by putting the needles in his belly, then like straddles him and leans into him. Yeah, and then um, yeah. yeah, and then and then the part that um maybe just getting you ready a little bit for when we watch Lucio Fulci movies starts putting the needles under his eyes and pushing yeah. them in, and the camera placement here. Oh, man, the camera placement. It, it's it's basically right at eye level where she's pushing the needle. So you can see the needles just at the bottom of frame. Right. As she's pushing them in and they're twitching
0: and then she flicks them. <laughs> yeah, that, that was uh, that was brutal. <laughs> oh, this my is also God. a place that's really sensitive. Ting, ting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, oh, I, I missed the other thing that that's kind of a fake out too, where um, she's she's already drugged him, but she decides to up the dose. By injecting it directly into his tongue, pulls his tongue out and sticks the yeah. needle in. I mean, there's um, a
0: lot of there's a lot of squicky stuff here. Like like I said, the the idea of needles. If you if you're squeamish about needles, this oh, is yeah. not a
1: movie for you to watch. Yeah, and I, I I laugh because this this part legit makes me feel very uncomfortable, and that's, that's how I handle uh things both that are enjoyable and unenjoyable. So it's just the if you hear me giggling through it, mm-hmm. it's not it's not that it's uh <laughs> it's not that you jazz. like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a coping mechanism um but i think what's really masterful is that all that stuff you're kind of seeing in the aftermath so she's pushing the needles in and maybe you start to just see it go in a little bit and then when it cuts back you see like right. the effect where they put something on him that's
0: right like the, like the everyone's had a shot like you can yeah. you understand what the idea of a needle going into your skin is like but they don't actually show you very much of that at all they show his face, which I, I will give uh, this this actor boy some some credit
1: because mm-hmm. he uh, he sells that pain really well. Yep. Um, and then she moves on to the to the foot, and uh, you know she's basically like doesn't want her her uh, people to be, to have mobility, so she wants to take his feet away. And she gets out that that wire saw.
0: Uh, yeah, she clamps some stuff around his ankle presumably yeah. to to prevent the blood loss,
1: yeah, um, and she starts sawing through and they they kind of cut away to like some more of her background stuff or like her her perverted stepdads watching her dance or whatever, yeah, and then the cut directly to the actual saw going into the foot and just
0: yeah <laughs> it was the idea of needles it was the reality of bone saw <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's just i think that's
1: why this is just why it sticks with people is because of just the things like that and i think it, it right. he is he lulls you in with it. It's like, oh, this is really bad and the feeling is really bad, but I'm not seeing the impact. It's like, no, here's the impact. And then she reaches down, pulls that foot off, and throws it under like the door and just bloodswatters. Right. On
0: it's <laughs> the difference between having like a like your stomach go, whoa, I don't feel so good, or and being punched in the mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but at this point too, like also she's killed the dog. So, you know, you know my feelings about movies that kill the dog.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I knew the dog was, there was a scene where they showed her sneaking into the house. while after the housekeeper left and before he came home. Yeah. Um, Poor little gang. That's a,
1: that's a very cute dog.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The dog walks in the other room. I was like, Oh yeah, that dog's dead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We see it. We see the, 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 the broken neck on the dog and its tongue walled out of its mouth. Um, that's a bummer. <laughs> but, uh, again, with with movies where they kill the, the dog, and we've already seen, like, the lengths Miike is going to in this torture scene. And if you have seen a Takashi Miike movie, you know where he's going to—you know that he has no limits. And then the right. sun comes on. <laughs> um, yeah, she and she's already she's, it. already
0: she's starting on the second leg. She's already, like, done, like, two rotations— the, the blade is dug into his ankle at this point. And then uh, you hear the son, the son at the door. She's like, oh.
1: <laughs> then she gets out her mace and attempts to take him down. And they have a little brief struggle. And they get to the top of the stairs. And he, he kicks her down the stairs. Um, And, you know, as the son's kind of tending to him and, and what, trying to figure out what's going on and calling the police, you get an yeah. echo of some of their dialogue earlier. It seems like she's either... Not dead yet or he's imagining um oh they they also do I'm sorry, there's the other fake out that I really love they they almost do the is was it wasn't all a dream fake out where it seems like he wakes up at the hotel yes and like, oh, this was all just like a guilt a guilt anxiety. it was all a dream and she's mm-hmm. still there and. They let that go on for a while. It's not yeah. like a like a typical horror movie like dream jump scare.
0: It's like yeah, this what, this seconds? goes <laughs> this goes for quite some time to to the point where I would have bought it if they had just gone this way. Like it was just his paranoia and anxiety playing up cause him to imagine this scenario. His his friend telling him to be careful kind of got into his head a little bit. And now he's worst case scenarioing everything. I almost would have bought that.
1: Yeah, but it it is, it is very much not. And that's when he he wakes up again and and the sun has come in. And, um, so they have that, that, you know, that moment where she's basically kind of echoing some of that stuff. Like the, Oh, I, I'm, I'm so glad you called me. I'm so glad that we're getting together. And, Mm -hmm um that's that's right where the movie comes out and what, what like what comes right after like a just harrowing scene this gut punch twisty movie that like shifts on a dime some some j-pop goodness <laughs> <laughs> really fits the tone yeah <laughs> over the credits just <laughs> okay yeah we, i we... mean it,
0: it's it i guess it makes sense considering how all over the place this movie was! Like it, it's one one extreme to the other. Why not just throw you another curveball right at the end? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, we're, so that's we pretty much walked through. We took a couple detours there, so I, I don't know if there's a scene that you feel like we didn't touch on enough. Like I, I, I definitely want to talk about some of like the bigger picture stuff with it, where I think like where it's working culturally and kind of what some of the things might mean, as much as maybe um you know, Mika himself
0: would not want to do that. (laughs) Um, Um, No, I think that I kind of hit the things I wanted to talk about while we were we're going through it. Okay.
1: So this, this is a movie that critics um, have both labeled as an intensely feminist movie and intensely misogynistic movie, (laughs) Um, which, you know, I, if, Hey, if it provokes a strong reaction one way or the other, I guess that's art. Sure. Um, did you have like a strong feeling one way or the other on it? Where did you feel like it was like a, it had things to say about the, about gender roles and dynamics or was it just being mean to women? Was it just like a nightmare of like, this is, this is what
0: this (laughs) horrible woman would do. I think that I can understand how someone would have that read going through it, watching it. Um, it, that sort of thing did not immediately jump out to me when I, when I went through it. Um, I got a little bit of the, uh, all the, this guy's being kind of a creep, you know, when they did the, you know, the audition was kind of a creepy thing. Uh, what he was looking for in a woman was a little bit creepy. Uh, kind of the, once you found out what he had done with the secretary and kind of his casual dismissal of her feelings, what whatsoever, that's a little rough as well. But, I think while I was watching it, I wasn't thinking of it in terms of that. It's it's certainly not as upfront about it, I think, as some other movies that we've watched.
1: Yeah, and I haven't read the book, but apparently the book is way more, like, on the nose about its themes. And I think that the movie plays it a little murkier, and I think that's actually probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, there's definitely things that you pick up on where, like, they're – when they're in the bar and they're um, kind of like hatching the plan, there's like a bachelorette party in the other room. It's these women like having a good time and laughing, and like the the friend just says like the meanest shit about them. He's just like, "Oh, the women these days are so fucking stupid, and like where where all the nice girls go?" And it's just like you know, you know these women that are just in the other room having a good time. Like what, what are you talking about? Like it's this this kind of idea of yeah. You know, even when he says like what he's looking for, this this. It's, it's like he's he's picking these women out of a catalog he's
0: <laughs> right. he's, yeah, he's he's shopping he's got binders full of women <laughs> <laughs> no, I, oh, th- thanks Mitt Romney'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm nothing if not topical um, I, going what the friend was saying about the women when when that scene was taking place my initial thought was these guys are just kind of curmudgeonly they like yeah i didn't necessarily take that as a i mean i guess he does explicitly say that these women are stupid but <laughs> to me that was kind of like oh kids are so dumb that, that's kind of how that read to yeah, me and, and I, I've, I've
1: definitely i think i've been around people that maybe didn't necessarily mean that but it's like bar talk and they're just like saying s- stupid shit or whatever yeah I, I think i maybe examine that a little bit more closely now than i did 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and I, I, I kind of mentioned like in our Black Christmas episode too, right? I don't think like Ayama himself, I don't think he's a terrible guy. I think he's a guy who is very sad and lonely and he raised his kid by himself. And it seems like he did a really good job raising his kid. He's got a good job. It seems like he cr- treats most people kindly. He's, you know, he's kind to his housekeeper. He's kind to, You know, a lot of people that work for him, you know, maybe a little standoffish
0: with the secretary until you find out why. But right. He seems he seems like really relatable to me. Like that's just kind of a kind of a good dude. There's nothing really that sticks out about him as being yeah objectionable or questionable really at all. It just kind of seems like it's.
1: Yeah, but I think it's these where the kind of feminist bent comes from is it's these ideas that he has. That he can reconcile with who he is and these other good parts of himself that are fairly abominable about, like, you know, basically like sculpt, like basically treating uh, the woman he's going to end up with like, like he's his beloved dog. (laughs) Like It's very much like a she will be a beautiful thing that will be kept by me and I will adore her and treat her very well. But what she wants and meeting somebody and and sharing in their life is not important to him. It's them coming, it's them coming into his life and then taking care of him. I don't know, man, that doesn't sound that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, can you get me a beer? I'm recording a podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I will also say that um, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, the differences between, you know, our culture and Japanese culture, and yeah. how some of this stuff may play hit, hit a little differently yeah. because of that. And I think some of that, um, outside of the real obvious stuff, maybe does, maybe is a little more difficult to discern because of those differences.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I said kind of at the top, he, he specifically was addressing. Japanese issues with this. Like, right. You know, he, he, he's not making this for the, for the Western audience. So it's, it's, and it's also based on a novel. So he's working with written mm-hmm. material. Um, but I think, I think there's an understanding there. I think there's, there, he's definitely, um, he worked with his own screenwriter. He works with his own crew. That's how he's able to kind of work so fast is that he, um, right. he's always, always working with the same people. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's kind of my read on it. The, the, the misogynist read on it, which again, I think is, is a, a valid read and I, I but I, I think there's a little bit less support for it where it's the, um, kind of the idea that Asami is a, is a projection of fear of intimacy and that like it's, um, she, she has this tragic backstory, but you don't really see her inner life. Um, it, you know, it, it doesn't really seem too interested in what makes her her except for being either the model right. wife or being the psycho killer at the end all, there's kind of, you kind, of just kind of no
0: in between all you see is the results of it you don't yeah. see any of the like you don't see any struggle to come to terms with it or, or how how they were going to deal with it you just see this is how she is now she's bad <laughs> yeah and, it,
1: and it's it's very much defined in in relation with her relationship to men Mm-hmm. Um I think it kind of falls apart a little bit because she was also abused by her her aunts. She kills a woman. Um right. so it's not all male directed but that kind of seems to be the thrust of at least this sort of action that she's doing. It seems like she just cut up the woman. She didn't like right. put her in a bag and and keep her. <laughs> right yeah
0: it's 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 not good but it's I don't know <laughs> if that's worse or, or or I mean I guess prolonged torture is worse. That's Yeah and and I, I don't want to I don't want to say that anyone's read of this movie is wrong because we we were talking about that earlier. But it is kind of, you know, this movie's 20 years old. It's from a completely different culture. It's. I'm not saying you can't apply the values that we have now to it, but I think it's a that's. I feel like there's a little unfair to do yeah and i i get that and i think that i mean
1: the thing i think looks differently now from a modern lens especially with um in the wake of kind of stuff coming out stories from a couple of years ago is how right. the actual like audition process plays out
0: mm-hmm. where
1: i think people are more aware now of like the power differential in those situations where um you know that they're having these women do like answer pretty in inane insane questions and do kind of crazy things. Um, and they, they kind of don't have, if they want to be successful in this industry, there's a huge power differential there. And I think in the wake of like Harvey Weinstein and, you know, finding out kind of (laughs) the doors being opened a little bit more to what that process was like. Um, that maybe hits a little differently and that's not like an intention that was in the original film. Um,
0: I don't want to, I don't want to say that that stuff is not terrible. I do want to say that my initial response to all of that is that I hope that a lot (laughs) of that was um, thoughtlessness and not maliciousness, though I am aware that there are some (laughs) monstrous people out there who were absolutely trying to take advantage of the situation.
1: Yeah. um, But I think, is there, were there um, like different shots or techniques that you like wanted to call out for like, I know we kind of talked about like some of the scene transitions and stuff, but I I was wondering if there was anything that kind of stood out to you um, either from the early parts of the movie or kind of when it starts to get more surreal how it's put together like anything on like the the kind of like technical side that stood out to you?
0: Um, I, I did notice, uh, quite a big shift in like the use of color and stuff, but I think we already kind of talked about that from when the the kind of movie shifts from being kind of rainbows to, uh, there's (laughs) (laughs) something dark going on. Um yeah a lot a lot more darker colors and, and like some reds and some just a lot more ominous uh, framing um but i I'm, there was nothing specific that I wanted to talk about
1: okay I mean, I, there's some cool things I, I I wanted like um i I did like like some of the transitions and kind of that dream flashback sequence where how it would get from one thing to the other like how it gets from where you see how the stepdad's abusing her is basically like the the ayama like is shocked by what he sees and falls down out of like, uh, and then you see kind of behind him in the darkness, like the, the stepdad has been there and like rolls forward.
0: So just kind of like how it's framed in, in the composition of it. Um, I wasn't even sure that those people were actually behind him at first, which is part of being so dreamlike. And um, I, it kind of seemed to me like it was clear that those people were not there. And then they were there because that you know that's just kind of the the nature of the the vision he was having.
1: Yeah, yeah, the the the, the dream of it and stuff too. There, I mean, there's also the um, I, I kind of mentioned a little bit too the um, there's the read on it that a lot of this is kind of in his head. Um, that there's there's the read of it that kind of is the the hotel scene transition where this is all playing out as he's having guilt and feelings of anxiety and you know feeling like he's betrayed his, his dead wife and mm-hmm. um, that this is kind of what's playing out in his head in, this, in the scope of that. Sure. And then at, at the end that he's just so pain-addled that that's why he's seeing um, Asami still talking, even though she's like fallen down and broken her neck, um, that she's not actually speaking, that she's not still alive at that part. But
0: That, that was my read of the very end, was that that, that was more of his delirium-induced hallucinations. Yeah. Okay. So um, we've 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 kind of talked through it.
1: I don't know. Is there like a much more you want to talk about? I know we said this might be like a little bit of a of a shorter one. I, I, this is a movie that I think works. It's an extreme movie, but it works for me because it it lives so much in its characters, and I feel like it earns those moments that it has, where it it really amps it up, and <laughs> um, it it hurts not because. The thing you're seeing hurts, which it does, but because mm-hmm. you you care, <laughs> right? And you it's 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 more of a gut punch because of it, and I think that's where like an Eli Roth movie falls apart for me. I know there's probably people listening who are like E-R- Eli Roth fans, and I I didn't hate Cabin Fever, but most of his movies, it's like I I fucking hate everybody. So it's like when they get tortured right. to death, I, don't, so I don't I don't I don't I <laughs> don't. Or care. maybe you're
0: even looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and. I know Miki is a uh, Roth is a huge fan of Mike and, and Miki even in hostile for a, a, as a cameo. But right. I feel like there's such a world of difference between what he does and what what Roth does. that It's like it's it seems worlds worlds apart to me.
0: See, this this movie to me, we talked about, I talked about it a little bit at the top of the expectation was that I thought it was going to be one of those movies. Got it. <laughs> uh, it is not one of those movies. I don't think they're, I mean, not not to say that there's not disturbing stuff. There clearly is. Yeah, but it did not come anywhere close to the level of that in my, of what that is in my head at all. So. Yeah. And I, I this is a movie that,
1: um, I think if you, if you talk to people who are like real gore hounds and super deep in the genre, it doesn't really usually make their like top 10 disturbing movies mm-hmm. of all time or most like gross out movies. But I think if you talk to like most, film critics who see like art house movies and stuff this usually ranks this is like up pretty high for them and most disturbing and it still hits me like a gut punch like i I watched it twice in anticipation for this episode that's probably too much to watch it like in a week (laughs) probably (laughs) it's probably too much to watch it like in like a five to ten year period
0: (laughs) (laughs) well i i don't think i'm gonna be watching it again anytime yeah
1: okay well we're I guess we're on the sales portion then do you do you regret the time that you spent with it i know uh you'd kind of mentioned just you know at the beginning and sort of off mic that there was not a lot that you really enjoyed in this movie but um
0: yeah i think I I said there i think I said uh, there i enjoyed basically none of this yes <laughs> so i you can uh is that a sale <laughs> um what do you think
1: <laughs> well i mean i I think even in the course of the conversation, though, I think there was definitely I appreciate that even in this thing that I put out for you that you did not enjoy. I, I think you were still calling out attention to like things that worked and things that maybe would have been effective for
0: somebody else <laughs> for, for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I like to think that I'm a thought person and that I <laughs> engaged with things that even I don't necessarily think are great. <laughs> <Yeah. All laughs> I'm not right enough. It it, I, I will say that I was tempted about halfway through it to just not watch the rest of it because I'm bored. <laughs> it takes so long. Why is this movie two hours?
1: It's 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 a slow burn, man. That's 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 what it does. It it yeah. it, it lets you live I, with them that long so that the gut punch hurts even more.
0: I that's yeah. I mean, I guess deal. I understand. I understand how that could work for somebody. It did not work for me. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I I think though. Um, and this is another thing that we kind of talked about a little bit earlier, before maybe even before the show, was that I kind of, you know, I've been around for a while. I, you know, 40 years old. I kind of know what I, what I like and what I don't like, and yeah. I know that I'm not going to be real big into the the, the, the torture porn stuff. This ended up surprising me because it wasn't quite that. Yeah. But.
1: And this was one that I kept on the list with that reservation because I I think if there's, like I said, it gets it gets lumped in a lot with it. So I don't want to say it's not, but it's 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 not in the same way that like you know, uh, softball isn't baseball. (laughs) It's you know
0: most of the same rules, most of right. I I mean I understand. I understand why someone could watch this and enjoy it. And you even talked about how some of this stuff resonated with you because of your own personal experiences. I'm not going to say that my childhood was perfect, but I didn't have those same things going on, at least not yeah. to the same degree that you did. Um, so that sort of stuff didn't work for me. So, I, I mean, I couldn't get there on that level. I, I can see how someone could see this and go, yeah, alright, it works. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know, it was I was okay. bored for most of it and then when it got to the part where I was expecting to be like, Oh, I'm not gonna be able to watch this, it didn't even go there. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you just you just saw the foot getting sawed off and were yawning. <laughs> no, let's, I mean like I, I said, the
0: scores. <laughs> like I said, that was it's intense and it is kinda you know, the way that they throw it at you, like I said, it's the difference between feeling a little squeamish and being punched in the mouth. It yeah. does hit right it it's not like it's unaffective I'm not unaffected yeah. by it yeah. um but I guess you know having the expectation of what this thing was going to be and then having this not be okay. even kind of in the ballpark of that
1: well I, you know I, I, I take my lumps so i this was this was one that I, I again ran out not not expecting anything but I did want to get through it at least in this first year and kind of least dip our toes in, in this kind right. of area just to see what, what I, your reaction would be.
0: So and just I kind of talk say I it. had a hard time sitting down to actually watch this thing. I was yeah. I was not looking forward to it um, <laughs> just because of the the reputation of it and kind of how you set it up was you know, this is the one that's going to test you and I mean I I think if you're trying to test me with this I could take more stuff on this level
1: okay I will I will keep that in mind because there's I mean there's definitely ones that are gonna be c- kind of in that hard to watch ballpark that I'll put forward but I, I this one hits me personally pretty hard so mm-hmm. we'll see maybe there's one that I think is not as bad and, and you're gonna come back like oh my god
0: <laughs> yeah I, I haven't had that moment yet I'm not yeah. I'm not trying to pump myself up as a tough guy or not because I'm as soft as any boy yeah trust me
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah I, I you know, I, I can watch all of this stuff all day. If you show me like any documentary footage of anybody getting hurt, or I used to watch, um, uh, Clint Lawwell, friend of the, the podcast, his mm-hmm. uh, his ex, when we were roommates, would um, watch like medical like plastic surgery shows, and I'd like wake up in the morning and I'd come out and somebody's face would be cut open and they'd be doing plastic surgery. I'm just like, No nope. Jesus Christ, put
0: it away. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> oh, you're talking to you're talking to a a, a guy who. As a child, like grade school, would dry heave if he stepped on a worm in the playground after after <laughs> a rain. Like he would see that squish and go whoop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh let's
1: let's talk a little bit about next time. Um, so we're, next time is going to be our, our our Valentine's Day episode and and Ooh. love is in the air. And I've got one of the one of the great love stories of of, of horror cinema. I've got the 1986 David Cronenberg remake of The Fly. Um, how, how familiar are you with The Fly? Seen it.
0: You've seen it. <laughs> I saw okay. it when I was. I saw it when I was so young. <laughs> I should not have seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, this will be an interesting one to revisit then. Um, yeah, I, I saw. I, I saw it such a long time ago that even knowing how much body horror stuff is in it. Yeah. That didn't register with me back then. <laughs> and it's one,
1: too, like, you know, you've talked about about how much you've picked up on stuff through cultural osmosis. Yeah. I think this was enough of a of a big hit in such a um, – it spread into the zeitgeist very quickly. So I think right. even if you haven't seen it, you kind of know it, um, mm-hmm. but – but this is our first David Cronenberg movie. I, I, I like David Cronenberg a lot. And I think this is kind of one of his most um, – at least when he's working in horror, kind of one of his most human horror movies. I think he can be a little bit clinical sometimes. And this one's really good. It's got some awesome performances in it. And I look forward to what, – what what do you say, say this is the first time you've seen it in 32,
0: 33 years maybe? Yeah, it's been – I mean aside from kind of knowing what the basic outline of what this movie is – Yeah, Uh, I would. I mean, it's been long enough. I've got my virginity back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: you know what? We we went a little bit out of order, and I I I
0: apologize to the recipient
1: of this week's Crispy Award, um, because I've I've got one to hand out here, and um, just for the method story that I that I pulled up for you, it's it's got to go to Ahi Sheena as a Sami. Just uh,
0: (laughs) kitty 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 kitty. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know that I would feel comfortable with you giving it to anyone else.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a
0: couple other good performances in this movie. I think,
1: I, you know, our, our Ayama is a is a solid lead. He does a he does a good yeah. job anchoring the movie. But oh, absolutely, there's 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 a thing that people remember this movie for. <laughs> right. The thing that they yeah. remember it for is the sheer delight that she gets when she remembers how much this saw. Cuts through bone. <laughs> she loves it. She, her
0: face lights up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, and I think she does both aspects of the role really well. the 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 demure um, part that lures them in. and then after the twist, she yeah, mm-hmm. she leans she leans in pretty hard. So yeah, yeah well, a well earned crispy there.
0: I agree with you
1: 100%. All right. Um. So we got our next time. We got our our. our lack of sale we got our crispy um so from the business side um reach out to us an email uh, selling the at gmail.com uh, i'm on twitter at scream selling um reach out and join our facebook group i've had a couple people join and i've, I've let them in it's 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 easy to do i, I recommend doing it um it gives you like episode updates and all that fun stuff and just you know random fun stuff that i find um so if if you feel it in your heart to help us out, um, if we've you know made a, a commute any easier, um, please, please, please rate and review us on the on the podcatcher of of your choice. Um, iTunes would be like the the biggest one, because that's what drives the most traffic. Um, if you leave yes, us, a, my wife was
0: uh, real excited to find that uh, we're on the one that she uses.
1: Oh oh yes, what, what does she use? I'm I'm uh, curious podcast, if it's because podcast
0: podcast addict.
1: Oh that's that's I added. I, <laughs> so yeah maybe, yeah, maybe maybe somebody has pulled after that, but we're we're already on there. Most podcatchers, you just have to enter that URL and that's it's just the anchor address. Um, which if how are you listening to this if you didn't know that? Okay. Um, but if you feel the need in your heart to uh, leave us a bad review, I would let the review to grow to 15 centimeters, and at that point, you'll see whether it turns into a good review or bad review. So just make just wait till that part.
0: You don't be hasty. (laughs) (laughs) Let it reach its full maturity, and then you'll know. Yes.
1: Um, But, yeah, if uh, if you don't have anything else, we'll see you next time for the fly.
0: Can't wait. All right. Bye-bye,
1: everybody. Bye. Oh, thank you.